0: The Edinburgh Podcast brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast. The three
1: of us are back. It's been a uh, three weeks since we were last all together. Work commitments and uh, illness, but uh, we're all back, all fighting fit. How are we both? Oh,
0: mate. good. Uh- a um, world, world of difference to how I felt over the last sort of week and a half with the old Copo v. Um Absolutely delighted to have come out the other side of that. It was pretty. How
2: are you, Ross? I'm good. I'm good. That's me for this now for the week. For what? So, I'm so you're happy. not you just a part
1: time Hearts fan. You're a part time. Yeah. Well,
2: it's my birthday tomorrow, so I thought I'd take a few days off. For-
1: yeah, I'm alright as well, guys. Thanks for asking. Um, okay. <laughs> agenda. No one cares. <laughs> the agenda uh, for tonight we're going to start with a, a tribute to a really sad news that came out uh, with, with Walter Smith uh, earlier today. Our own comments on that, our own memories and uh, then on to the Scottish Cup. Fantastic results in, in the Scottish at the weekend and then we'll speak sort of low league and then on to the big two uh, at the end with our predictions. It's been a while since we've all had our to post our predictions online uh, sorry, on the podcast so this will be interesting so yeah I think it's we've all discussed I think it's only right um, uh, to start here with uh, with a bit of a, a tribute here I mean it's very very rarely do you see football so much come together at a time that I've seen today you know obviously working and only managing to catch uh, some of the tributes online but I think everybody uh, connected and certainly, British football um, certainly felt a lot of sadness today at the news of of Walter Smith um, passing. I mean, I think, and I don't know what you two guys think, but you know, growing up when we did during the '90s, and then when we really started to get kind of embraced with football, Walter Smith was an absolute figurehead of that, wasn't he? Really, you know, thinking back to to that great Rangers team, and then growing up as we did when we were in our teens with that, that Scotland run and we became Scotland manager and then we go into our, kind of, approach our 20s and he's back at Rangers. I mean, he's been such a staple of us growing up and being embraced by Scottish football. So, so sad. And, you know, that, that's what I want to say on it. And, and we wish, um, as Alan McCoy did so well, you know, uh, his family. Um, well, this such a difficult time because he was a, a true true gentleman, Cal. What, what,
0: what... I, th- I think you've 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 hit the nail on the head. You've summed it up brilliantly there. I think he's you know a, a, a true giant of the Scottish game. I think Scottish football royalty. I saw him described as, and that's realistically what it was. I mean, he's correctly synonymous with uh, Rangers and all his achievements there and everything, but. You know, when I first started properly going to Scotland games, you know, Walter Smith was the manager. And, you know, they, after everything that had gone so badly wrong under Bertie Volks, the optimism that he brought back to the whole country uh, with the performances of the team. And, and you know, uh, that that memorable night when we beat France at Hamden was, was incredible. And, you know, Walter Smith um, gave Robbie Nielsen his only Scotland cap. Uh, a few days after uh, in a defeat away to Ukraine I think that you just look at the outpouring of former players, managers, anyone that's met him and you see that the esteem that he was held in, uh, just a fantastic human being by all accounts and realistically yes, it's a very very sad day for um, Scottish football Roscoe
2: Roscoe not much more I can add to that. I think there's a couple of things that I've watched this morning, just when the news broke, Sky Sports News, with listening to ex-players and um, people he's managed, people he's played against, etc. Um, it's I not to sound like a limmy kind of sketch, but I have met him at charity events, and he has been he has been absolutely brilliant, chatting away to me about hearts and stuff like that as well. He's always made the time and effort to get photos with people and talk to them about everything. And it's one of the things I saw um, this afternoon posted on, uh, it was about Hearts he, after the 98 Cup final, after Hearts beat them 2-1. That was his last game. That I think everyone thought that would be his last ever game for Rangers. Stood congratulated all the Hearts players, um, went round, spoke to Jeffries for ages and then sent a, Cases of champagne for the, the buses home For the Hearts players And I think that's that kind of just shows Kind of speaks volumes of the guys Magnanimous In defeat and In victory as well and I think that Just kind of sums up the guy from that So
1: that's think, yeah, Just wishing yeah, I, all the
2: family the best for I think next few weeks
1: I think Alan McCoy said that as well On, on TalkSport earlier about uh, A true gentleman A, a true uh, I mean, what, what more can what come on you can say? Smith, true football legend, and um, may he rest in peace. Definitely. Okay, then on to uh, Ember of football. And well, it has to be only one place to start for me that the, the Scottish Cup last weekend. Uh, well, a few, a, a few people predicted it. We'll, we'll start, we'll go to civil. And um, a few predicted, few people predicted it. And um, I was on the fence, I, I kind of went with the. I was stuck between the two, I don't know, can I see an upset? I thought Civil had to really stand up to uh, to the physicality that Beef would bring. I think the mentality, Callum, to go behind twice, uh, miss penalty in there, all those things stacked, all those odds stacked up against them. But it just shows you this this young Civil side are, are made of, of strong stuff to, to come through all that adversity and still cause a, a fantastic Cup upset. Um, fantastic result fantastic result for the club I was seeing there that it's the first time the club have beaten a league side the first
0: time the club have ever got to
1: the third round of the Scottish Cup fantastic
0: achievement um, yeah outstanding really there's there's not many words to sum up the civil team they've I think outstripped all expectations of ourselves this season I mean we, we like to be quietly optimistic um, regarding our teams and, and how well they can do and I don't think any of us had civil down for the season that they've had so far even even though we would have loved to see it and I think that they just they just get go from strength to strength they're sitting there with what was it nine guys again 21 and under and you've got you know the two elder statesmen in uh, Sparky and Alou I thought I mean look Uh, Two weeks ago, Bars and I sat here and said that Alou has been phenomenal this season. (laughs) He misses the penalty, fair enough, but the absolute desire and hunger that he has to get his head to get the second equaliser is unbelievable from the big man. It's a side, like, this season he's been a completely different player. I cannot speak highly of him enough. I think he's been phenomenal. I think he's one of the reasons that Civil are doing so well, but um yeah, I, I think a fantastic result result of the round. And, here yeah, that's that's not the worst tie that they could have got. I think at home, I think a lot of clubs will not relish going to the Christie Gillis. I mean, certainly uh, league
1: sides will, <laughs> yeah, it won't be an environment that they are used to, I would say, as a, a fair way of saying it, the Christie Gillis even just the fact you've got to walk a little bit of a distance from changing room to pitch. It's quite open, um, slightly hill, depending on what the weather's like. And on the days leading up, the pitch can be pretty heavy. So, yeah, we'll speak a little bit more maybe as time goes on. But I agree with you. It's not the worst, John. Oh, don't get me wrong, they're going to be underdogs. No doubt about that. But that'll probably suit Sybil nicely. I think, as John said, yeah. the, the underdog card, uh, and, and he, kinda, he loves it. Uh, um, but the game itself, uh, Ross. I'm sure you've seen uh,
2: the goals. Uh, yeah. back. Well, thankfully, Seville posted the first goal because Scottish Cup missed it out. Yes, it did.
1: I mean, that is everything. Uh, you know, John last week, if you'd listened to it back, spoke about how Gary got recruitment bang on this year, a lot more energy, a lot more pace in the team. I mean, almost certainly the first goal. Um, and a couple of the others, you can tell that that players with energy, with pace and ability, that first goal is frightening. But a few other goals were good as well. But that first goal in particular, incredible.
2: Yeah, so I I think they've got the the game plan bang on there. Um, You can see they've got, Cowden have got, uh, you've got Craig Barr at the back there, season pro, he's done well and all the clubs have been there. But Civil obviously used got a way to exploit that, got in between them, get the balls in behind them, and get that kind of danger in behind because I think most of them probably lose the ball in the air to them, but it's it's worked out an absolute treat. Have a look at it. there is only, unfortunately, one man on this podcast that probably did create it. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't me, it's was that bald, uh, the beardy guy. Bald? I mean... I, know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. Um, I'm a good few years... years it was my big <laughs> on your background there, yeah, but no, nah, it's I think as you said that's one league team done. They've got the confidence now to push on and push on for league. They've had the results against the the sides for the west as well this season. Um, a tough game coming up this weekend, but I think all this and all it's it's confidence that they're just going to absolutely thrive on at the moment, and I think yeah. long may continue for, for my point of view. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I.
1: I keep saying it. I, I really do. Uh, I, I don't think civil are getting recognised enough for, for my liking. It won't bother probably within camp. Uh, uh, they'll so, be quite
2: happy flying under the radar. At times. Uh, this this is definitely suiting them. But
1: the uh, just highlighted that again. You know, nine players under the age of 21. I mean, when you sit back and actually think about that, you know, that is essentially the equivalent of of one of our uni sides. You
2: know, yeah. All well,
1: well, the two unique most recent
2: recruit recruit is only eighteen as well.
1: Yeah, third. Yeah. If, if if a uni team, you know, uh, we're sitting there, uh, or, or, you know, uh, third or fourth in the league, joint third in the league, uh, in the third of the Scottish Cup after beating a league side, you'd hear all about it, and it'd be young young team this students this is because it's a civil and going under the radar and probably not getting recognised enough, but that won't bother them in, in, in the slightest. Uh, Cam, you mentioned the I'll just kind of finish on there. Uh, you're, Cam, you're right, the character he shows, but the, the desire, that's the only word you can call it, the absolute desire to, to get himself onto the end of, of, of that cross for the, for the second equaliser. Uh, fantastic. I really like the last goal as well. A really underrated finish right across the goalkeeper with pace. Um, yeah, every, every, right. goal, every goal had an air, of, an air of class about it. So, listen, I'm just delighted it's, it's one of our, you know, uh, uh, our one of our Lowland League sides, I think, for the first time uh, since doing the podcast, that they, they, they seem to have gone on a, on a, you'd call this a kind of proper Scottish Cup run now, kind of forming here. Um, off the top of my head, I'm sure other teams have probably got to the third round where we've covered it, but I'm not 100% sure. But there's never been a result like this, certainly, in, in the podcast. We've not had one of our teams beat a beat a league side coming from the Lowland
0: League, off my memory anyway, can. Not, not since we've been doing the podcast. I think the best cup run that we've had in term, Because, I mean, obviously we've had Hibs and Hearts reach Scottish Cup finals, but if I'm honest, I think Hibs and Hearts fans listening to this will, will admit that those runs weren't exactly spectacular. You know, the, the teams that uh, both sides beat were expected. Uh, I think that the best cup run that we've had, realistically, is the... Challenge Cup exactly. from it. when you know they beat Arbroath, Aloa. You know, it was a fantastic cup run. But for for our, like, I know Spartans have a great history of Scottish Cup, but I think we started the season or two after their last really good Scottish Cup run. So um, yeah, this has been so far the best sort of run that we've had in the podcast. But I think see the youth thing. I think that um, I just want a sort of final point. I think it just. Plays into the fact that civil are a bit fearless when they're going forward and everything, and a lot of the guys just absolutely no fear. They don't care. You saw that right from kickoff um, straight away. First um, civil kick off and um, go for goal. I think that that's. I know it's a small pitch at County Beef, but that's that's exactly what you want to see. And um, Gary's got them playing in a way where they can express themselves, and I think they're, they're on a good thing this season. Yeah, absolutely. Can I play my freedom See absolutely. when they showed that on
2: the highlights, that kickoff. Yeah, I thought that was the first goal. Yeah. <laughs> Surely they only shown the goals in this highlight reel. <laughs> I like, yeah. that'd be an absolute. Last, last little point,
1: I suppose, relating to the game itself. Um, sending offs for you. I mean, I suppose that I mean they must have had an impact. You know, certainly you know a couple of the last goals. think okay. that you know can beat are, are stretched right open. Um, I don't oh, think, think civil deserved the win. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone. Anyone can deny that. But uh, the two sending-offs, I would say that for me, uh, the dive...
2: No, not for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's harsh. I
2: don't think it was a very good camera angle for them.
0: Yeah.
2: I do so, really make a valid point for these. Is definite. That,
0: that, that's a definite second jello. So I think, um, obviously, we don't see the first tackles, but I think... Yeah, um, exactly. I would to be down to 10, men at least. I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that. The dive there, but hey, that was old parts player, wasn't it? Over can
1: I think he was. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think
0: he did
2: cross.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, Ross mentioned it earlier on there. Bonnerig this weekend, the team that are uh, leading the whole league right now, as John alluded to last week, he was their tip at the start of the season, and there's no doubt why. You know, Bonnerig experience, being together quite a long time, uh, you can tell looking in there. There's a kind of close knit. In changing them uh, certainly from the outside it, it looks that way um, and speaking to some guys I know that, that they're playing the team it, it is a good, good team spirit um, but but Civil do well against Bonnig since in the last couple of years uh, historically yeah I think they have lost against them but they've always been competitive obviously they, they won against them <laughs> uh, last time out down at Christy Gillis so again Callum no fear a real opportunity i mean this is a real opportunity to drag yourself right back in this title race
0: yeah i think um going head to head off the top of my head uh two draws and a winner piece which you know that's that's a decent enough record for civil i think that they'll go there and yeah let's be honest that I think they only know how to play one way at this moment in time. They don't know how to sit and shut up shop. So I think that they'll go and they'll look to express themselves, get on the front foot and take the game to Bona We'll see how that goes. I and mean, let's be honest, Bona are a very good team. They're sitting top for a reason. Uh, they've had some very good results at home. But, um, you know, Rangers went there and, uh, what, hit five or, five or six past them? So, look, I'm not saying that Civil are going to hit five or six past them, but... Hey, <laughs> It'll be a good week game. Yeah. Good week game In this week. Right. Was Ross, much like the Cowden-Beast game uh,
1: or for Civil this weekend, they'll know what to expect. They've played against them this season already. But again, you've got to stand up to that kind of physicality that, that Borneig offer.
2: No, definitely. I think there's, there's, it'll be a tight game. Um, Gary and Robbie will set their teams up well against them. They've kind of focused. They've done that. They've, they've already played each other this season. So they'll know how to play each other. But I think Since then, there's been a lot of games and a lot of wins for both teams. So it's, um, yes, I expect some heavy challenges going in. I I don't think from one team, I think from both teams going in there. Um, But we'll see. We shall see. It'll be tight. I'm just not looking forward to making a prediction at the end of it.
1: Yeah, I know, me too. Yeah, a really good competitive game, looking forward to it. Okay, another side in the Scottish Cup, of course, managed to get through. It was looking a bit. A bit sticky for a while. And I think even looking at the highlights, and then you looked at the during the game, looking at the um, Ember of City Twitter, that it seemed for a spell that Boness were, were, were the better team. For a long, for a long spell, uh, they were the better side. And But at the end of the day, City got themselves through. Uh, they managed to avoid a potential banana skin, it's had them as favourite. But they're in the round, in the next half, a great goal, great winning goal from, from John Roberts. Um, Ross, what did you make of, of that game at the weekend? I suppose when you're a league side I suppose what, what, what John said last week you know, the Scottish Cup that kind of second round it's a lot easier for the lone league sides or, or, or the, the teams that are in the league below to get a lot more up for it whereas if, when you are a league side it can sometimes be difficult to kind of have that there is a, a change in a, a mentality it doesn't mean as much and, and it doesn't when, you, when you're the league above I don't care what anyone says when you're playing a team against the league below you don't have that same motivation to go out there and get
2: the win, but they got the job done. I, I don't get that. Like with teams, I just think if if you can't get up for any kind of cup game at that level, because Scottish Cup is oldest, oldest cup in Scotland, it's probably very prestigious. It's what you want to play in is when you're a kid. So I think regardless of who you're playing, you should be up for everything. Um, City, yes, I was worried at one stage. When put under under the course, I think they were they were one nil down, weren't they? At the start, They yeah. think that coming in, but I think seeing the, as you said, the the winner from Robertson was an absolute screaming, just living up to the reputation of that man's name.
1: He mm. actually he actually looked, he actually looked um, you know certainly going by the highlights of what we've gone by. Looked, uh, it. it he looked a class above, to be quite honest, looking at the highlights, Calm. He was heavily involved, certainly, in the clips toward, towards the end, uh, coming off the bench and a goal worthy of winning any uh, cup tie. But what was your take, Calum? You know, look, end of the day, they're in, they're in the round, for, in the hat uh, for the next round. And uh, it was job done at the end of the day,
0: but being more comfortable, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, take nothing away from John Robertson's strike. Um, it's not quite Josh Vanelli, but it's certainly worthy of winning the game. I think the like, the most important thing for City was to get into the next round. It was a potential banana skin, as we've said. Bonus. They've not I don't think they've had the season that they would have expected to. They're sitting in the bottom half of the Lone League. And I think they would have perhaps well, I think we thought that they've been top, top eight top four, something like that. So I think that it was a potential um, slip-up for City. They've come through the tie and they've been rewarded with what they'll see as an absolute gift. Um, I saw the the supporters club maybe just having a wee bit of tongue-in-cheek about how bad their cup draws are because they don't get like a decent away day or anything like that, which is part and parcel of the fun of the Scottish Cup. But I think... Look, you, you take that in the third round, Dunbar or um Hutchie and you look to the fourth round where you could get, you know, a Rangers away, Celtic away or something like that. Exactly. So I think, Aye, get through this one, that's amazing. That's I th- I think I think for City, um it's it's not
1: like one glamour time. Not, but when you get to this bit, Callum for a team like Ember City, um I think I think it's a good draw because I'm just thinking when you get to the kind of third round you've got potential championship teams in there which City have kind of got in the past I think they've had you know like some cup games they've had is Hamilton or something I mean that's like a nothing game for, 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 for a City so I think this. I think the supporters will actually I know the supporters are a bit tongue-in-cheek but I think if Dun- Dunbar gets through there's a ground that City and my you know well, I've been involved with the club since
0: 2010 that's so, that's so nice down the coast that's, it, that's nice enough. Tr- but I think I think you look make- at the bigger oh, picture. Lovely. Yeah, you look at the bigger picture and you see um, Edinburgh City. Are, I'm I'm sorry, but you know, I'll go I'll go out on a limb here and say that that's them safely into the fourth round. And I think that looking at that, that's when you can get maybe a glamour tie or anything. If I mean, if they do like civil service, then fair enough. You know, I'd understand why they'd be maybe a little bit disappointed. That's that's just up the road again, but. Look, the most important thing was City coming through. Uh, they got it done in the end with a special winning goal, and you know it's unfortunately they can't sort of look to build on anything because Elgin couldn't beat Bank. And actually, well, to be fair, Elgin were lucky to get a replay in the end. Sat and watched that last night because I'm um, sad. So, I watched it as well, to watch, 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 mate. What's the oh. what's oh. the? I, honestly, Clyde Bank in that first half, I thought they're brutal. In the second half, I can't kind of believe they didn't win the game. Um, but. No action, <coughs> uh, no action for civil, uh, for civil, for City
1: this weekend. Uh, obviously, Elgin forcing that replay um, uh, against Clyde Bank. So a 3 half. that'll be disappointing for them. after uh, you know, after that win and international duty and, and things like that have happened the last couple of weeks. So you know, I fancied a wee, a wee run against, So that'll be disappointing. But one of those things, you just got to look ahead to. It. A couple of weeks' time, and um, pick it up from there. But no, they're in the hat. Nice strong next round. Job done. Okay, let's uh, keep going with the uh, with the uh, now onto our two league sides that were in. Well, one was in lonely action. One was out. Was not. Let's look at uh, Ember Uni, and you know, I suppose a new manager at Vale has brought in players that he knows from uh, Pennycook. Plus, it looked ready's interview. Um, when he's seen, he's had hundreds of managers on the call, on the phone, offering hundreds of different players. Um, interestingly, I think I actually used to coach the manager back when I used to do uh, goalie coaching. I think when he was uh, in, his, in his teens. But there we go. Um, well, the uni came through it. Vital three points. I said it last time. You just never know. I was saying it last week with, with John. You just never know what will happen. But now at twelve points. I mean, Callum, you went out on a limb earlier with Edinburgh City in the fourth round. Is that you out on a limb now? Is that Edinburgh Uni, a lone league side next year?
0: Wait, wait, wait. I, I said at the start of the season that Edinburgh Uni would be safe. Right. I said, I'm pretty I, I was going to say that. I, 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 I went out at the start of the season and said they'll vale go down because they're brutal. So they can change their manager. They can get thousands of different players in if they want. But there's only one place they're going and it's the East of Scotland Premier. And the sooner that happens, the better. I think let's let's not use words like uni came through because I think a 3-0 win isn't coming through anything. I think that that's a Which I had predicted, by the way. There you go. Byers, Byers gets his, um, you know, I had 4-1, so I'm a little bit disappointed. But it's it's the big, it's the, it's the um, the. I was going to say the big two up top, but it's one big, one little. Uh, and Spellman and Lawson in amongst the goals again. And I think that, Look, they're doing they're doing the business when they're on form. Edinburgh Uni are a dangerous team going forward, and it's been shown again this season. We we can't talk highly enough about them. You know, some might say it's beautiful, magical, but I think that it's it's just really impressive result. Twelve points clear, and yeah, um, there's absolutely no way Uni. Could not pick up another point the rest of the season. Unity could forfeit the rest of their games, and will still finish nine points clear of Vale.
1: Yeah, claims. Uh, I kind
0: of don't want to...
1: Cal. I think uh, going back to the very first game of the season when I seen, or the first uh, time went to a game this season, when Unity against Spartans, and um, I, I think you were at a game, maybe the first game of the season as well when they were there, Cal. And I think on a, on a podcast. Um, on a, a podcast immediately after that, I said I liked what i seen going forward. I said they had a genuine goal scorer, I thought, in Spelman. Uh, you've always liked Lawson when you've seen him. And I think we came out and said, you know, this would have been back in early August, that these players will be the difference in the games against the teams around them, the Gretners. At that time, we were probably mentioned Dalbitie. Uh, obviously, of course, they've gone on a great run, but the Gretnas and the Reals It's going to be the difference uh, in those type of games if you can get goal scorers. And Ross, you look at the, the two goal scorers at the weekend in Athena. One is both of those names. It's not it's not rocket science, is it? If you can get players at the top end of the park that that are uh, you know good strikers, good players, then you're going to have uh, you're going to you're going to pick up more points than, than uh, over the course of the season. You're going to get more goals. You're going to get more points. It's not rocket science. And I think with Spelman in uh, Lawson they've got two
2: two uh, fine players there for me no exactly well you've had the, the luxury of actually going to see them I've not seen them this season but I think with am playing against fail Even you're expecting these players to come out on top and thankfully the pride of Pepper Mill done so so that's my new name for them by the way in case you're wondering I like it okay. um, alliteration
1: yeah, but listen, I think uh, again, uh, John highlighted last week as well. Speaking to someone connected at Ember Uni, something that's you know it's difficult at Ember Uni because it it's almost quite difficult to see a lot of correspondence with them because they kind of keep things close to their chest. But bringing a couple of players in on loan, by all accounts, making a big difference. So it's looking it's looking uh, it's looking good for the uni, you know, and, and uh, yeah, good result this weekend. Tough game, East but I said they took up maximum points against them not even that long ago. So, uh the pride of Peffermill, did they dare to dream here taking six points off East Cobride?
0: That would, that would be outstanding. Personally, I think it'll be maybe a wee bit tougher. Uh, I think Payback I think, will be getting served up. Yeah, I think that East Cobride will maybe look at this as OK. Because um, they'll They'll still have um, underlying ambitions to challenge for for the title even though I think that's that's probably well out of their reach now but um, they've probably not conceded that in the dressing room so it's a game that they they need to win and um look like I say I think I think the uni are absolutely safe. I think right now you know, start of the season, we're looking at the uni and saying what they need to do is avoid, you know, relegation. You know, make sure that they do enough. And now I'm going to go one further and put a little bit more pressure on them. Uh, they are currently one point clear of Stirling uni. And I want in the uni to finish above Sterling uni. I want um, our... you old uni. Yeah, I want our our uni to beat that uni. Um, that's That's my... That's my. That be, for me, that would
1: that would be a a, a fantastic season. Um, I don't. I mean, come again. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're better these things than me. T- you know, better things than me. But I don't think ever finished above still you Unity when we've been covering the podcast. I don't. I don't.
0: Certainly not while we've been covering the podcast. That's yeah. Uh, that's yes. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not been the case uh, while we've been doing the podcast. So it's it would be it would be nice. Certainly, be nice to, to see that for a change.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, I, right now, like you say, Cam, is a genuine, uh, a genuine target, and there's also a few other teams there. that are yeah. too. You know, I look at, I look at Broomhill, only you know six points
0: ahead. Uh, Cumbermole, only two. been there. Um, yeah. And to be fair, I know Dalby had a great start to the season, but if you look, um, I think they're on like 24 points, but uh, they went. Oh, it? They've won six games, but they were well, did they not start the season with like five wins? I think lost, for the uh, last, um, like the last nine games or something, they've lost. You know, ninety percent of them. So, um, I mean, that's maybe a tad too far. But hey, why not? Let's let's dare to dream. Yeah, well,
1: like you said, I've lost their last three.
0: Um, so. There's a lot of red. Look
1: at the Lonely table, the form table. There's a lot of red up there, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. Um, there's not been a, and that's been the thing. There's not been a, within the nature of the Lonely this year, there's not been a team that have just, just stuck up greens on the, on the board. Every time you look at the last five, there's not one team there. Not one team in the Lonely in the last, of one five in a row, as it stands right now. Right now, in the last five games. Um, okay, Spartans. Um, you know, East Houses a couple weeks ago, free week last weekend, I think they had a training game amongst themselves. Um, you know, they're sitting as a one of three teams on 33 points. It's been a, a decent enough start, as I said, as we've said all along. They need to be, for me, right towards the end, within one or two results. So they need to claw back league uh, And this weekend, they've got uh, Cali Braves. So you've got to say it's got to be three points. <laughs> There's no other way about it, boss.
2: I mean, well, I think... exactly. Oh, I think these but, these teams are the ones you've got to be winning against. And I think for that free week, they've had the the wee rest of the legs, not had them at a competitive game in there. I like you said they've had the bounce in there, but it's they've not had that competitive the game. game in there. So it's not risking injuries and stuff like that. So I think the boys will be up and up for this one and try and get like just get three points as you say, try and clear some. Some, uh, some gap within the leagues because they're good enough they've got the players there they've got no reason why they shouldn't be up towards the top of the league and I think they've just got to believe in that belief in themselves and start yeah. pushing on yeah yeah I'm I
1: mean, looking at uh, Spartans next next couple of games you know I think you know the next four games if you just call it there in the league you know you're talking Cali Braves Sterling Uni Celtic B at home and then Vale. I mean, for me, it's a massive it's a massive November. Um, yeah. It's a massive November in the league, or well, very late October, <laughs> and then into November, obviously, 30th this weekend. Uh, a huge run of games for me, for, for Spartans, and if Spartans are to be genuine title contenders, that has to be 12 points before you then play Rangers on the 4th of December. Um, Callum, Callie Braves obviously beat uh, Spartans earlier on this season uh, when they had their two back-to-back sloppy games against Shire and then obviously Cali. Um,
0: massive game. It's, it is, yeah, I think for the exact reason that you've just mentioned there, when you look back and, you know, Spartans yeah, they're sitting a eh, joint, a eh, second to 33 points with what, Rangers and eh, Civil, but looking at it those two games killed them, so they've got to be hoping that Civil can do them a favour this weekend at New Dundas Park. And they need to take advantage of any and all Bonaric slippages. Um, They couldn't take points off them at home the other week, which, you know, was a big one. But if they can, they just have to keep winning. You know, that's it. And I think that this game, it it needs to be three points. It needs to be a a professional Spartans performance, if I'm honest. It needs to be, um, you know, I'm not saying they need to win like 6-0, but if they go out there and... 3-0, 3-0, control the game, Cali Braves have nothing, then that's that's the sort of performance that I, I, I expect from Spartans this weekend. I think that that's what they need to put out.
1: Yeah, I agree, Calum. I think a win by two goals, I think, um, would be... I think you class anything kind of over two goals, that you kind of see that as a real just turn-up really professional... Uh, kind of performance if it's just one goal you kind of think they've grinded something out there <laughs> but I mean as well as any three points would be a good three points but this is a little marker um, a wee professional win there maybe two clear goals I think that would be a, a really good a really good marker there and, and sets them up like I say with a nice little run of of four games where it needs to be uh, maximum points there's no doubt they can do it with the quality and the side um, so big game away from home it won't be easy but it needs to be three Okay, that's our uh, our four uh, sort of league and, and low league sides there. So let's get on to the big two. Let's let's start with uh, let's start with Hearts, and it's uh, well, disappointing. You know, listening to Alan, right. listening to Alan Preston uh, throughout the game, it sounded like we were watching or listening, or he was watching Brazil of the seventies. He was waxing lyrical. And I think he maybe got too far ahead of himself when uh, Dundee equalised. I had, I mean, you know, as a Hibs fan, I almost shoot my head with a wee chuckle just the fact that he, he was literally talking every time. You would have thought Hearts were four 0 up the whole game the way he was talking. But as long as the game's one nil, Ross, if you don't take your chances, that's what can happen.
2: And for me, oh, Heart, uh, shot himself in the foot there. Yeah? Definitely, uh, it was two points dropped, mate. Um... I watched the game, I was watching a more man, and I said the exact same thing. I said, One up. chances. We had a, plenty of chances in there, the game. I think the build-up going up towards a few of the chances, the football was good and we did cover them a lot at times. I'm thinking, We just need to finish these, So, but I think with Benny, he got in the box a few times and almost like he had a nosebleed, couldn't get the ball under his feet. So I it not- was kind of moving with that. You had to obviously attack from Boyce, Barry McKay and stuff like that, but just no kind of killer instinct at that time. Mm-hmm. And then when Boyce goes off injured with the tight calf, Nanjali comes on and I'll put this out, he's not good enough to play for us. I don't think he is. They're, they're trying to use him as a target man. He's not that kind of player, I don't think. And plus, if you're using him as a target man, you want to get a guy that can jump. He's about six foot seven and jumps about four foot nothing. When he jumps, he's horrendous. Although, has
1: has he had enough chance? Had enough chances to? I mean, he's going to get a chance. I would imagine tomorrow night because I don't think
2: Hart I, I think he'll start. I don't think they'll risk but, Voice.
1: Has he been? Has has has, has Nan really been unlucky in that voice has been so good for Hart's
2: that I, I mean I don't know. I'm looking from the outside. And I, nah, I, th- I think he's, he's had his chances. Yes, as someone suddenly starts, I think he's had six goals in twenty games, which realistically isn't that bad of a ton. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but still, I just even even with the play, I think when he came on, he's it he looks lackluster when he's playing. He's he's not got any kind of drive or push to do anything. And I think even the goalie go up at Dundee United away a couple of months ago, it was a myth and it's it's been dragged in, but. For me, I, I just think Hearts need to. That's an area that Hearts are desperately needing to improve on, as a centre forward position. Um, and as you said, uh, that killer instinct. And then you've got Jason Cummins of all people coming on to score. Uh, had to be him. See, he's too chuckling away there. But can I can say as soon as he came on, even the subs that they made. Obviously, Griffiths. You're thinking Griffiths scores against a lot. I don't think he dealt with like, the, the abuse that he got all day. Uh, very well. Cummins came on, gave it a cheek, and then Killian Sheridan as well. He scores a lot against. I used to score a lot against Hearts back in the day as well. And The strikers that worried me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at this. You know, it's. I know it's still in a ten game, not only ten games, but I think, uh, you know, the way that it's been portrayed on on social media, Callum, as Hibs fans with you know, looking on on social media all the time, you know, this is the the it feels like Hearts fans are treating this like this is the this is the best ever season that Hearts has ever had in the league. That that's how it almost feels going on Twitter all the time and, and looking at it. But I well, think I think this is a this is a miss a total missed opportunity because I was thinking this on the way home, you know what we're gonna speak about today and a lot of people talk up the Scottish game and how competitive it competitive it is and it is and it's a great league to be here I'm looking at this going St. Johnstone weaker this season. Aberdeen don't look as good as they are. You know, you like see your St. Mirren's and and Livy's. I mean, they're, they're much of a muchness. And Rangers, this is poor. I've seen them for for a long time. Celtic totally position. I mean, here's Hearts with this start to the season on the same point that they the same points as Dundee United. It, it feels a little bit like almost a a missed opportunity here for Hearts. I, I think they should be. You know, five draws, five wins, five draws. I know they're unbeaten, mm. but
2: the five draws we should have won them all as well. That's the annoying thing. More right. so, the derby. I think <laughs> I get one of these biting there. No, uh, so I... nah, but the, the four, the other four other draws, I oh,
0: should have been seeing them off, and it's annoyed me. I think um I don't know, Stowie. I think I think you're maybe out with the, the rod there. I think that um, it's it's been an impressive start considering. The way Hearts were last season, I think that's what the fans are are um, responding to. Um, but what what I would say, I want to touch on the Nandulie thing because the system that Hearts play, where he's up front uh, by himself, doesn't suit him. And be, I think that if, if Hearts changed the system and put Woodburn up next to him, where you know he can get uh, with a uh, Sort of connect with Biker, I think that that would see an improvement in his game but I am of the opinion that he is not the answer long term for Hearts and as we said in the summer, they did need reinforcements up top because look, Boyce ha- his all-round play is very strong but you take away a lot of his goals are penalties, you know, from open play, Hearts are not scoring enough goals and that that's the that's what you saw on Saturday there. You're looking at the draws and you're like, you know, hearts five wins, five draws, you know, without wanting to sound like a better Hibs fan, I think that that's that's the issue that they have. They're not getting enough goals from other sources. You know, Barry McKay's not scored yet. Gary McKay-Steven, I think he's got one. he um, has got one. Boyce has 10. Woodburn's still not got it Woodburn's not scored yet. That's, that's, you know, Beningame's not scored. Um, Devlin's not scored. You've got Shooter with two. That's, that's where, I mean, Kingsley's chipped in, obviously, but that's where hearts need to be. Because at this moment in time, you're probably going to have boys end up with 22, 23 goals, but then a spattering of fours and fives. And yeah, that exactly. be in the top six. They'll have a good season. But in terms of maintaining a challenge and looking to split the old firm, that's not good enough. So the, the guys that are going to hit four and five need to double that and hit nine to ten goals. There needs to be some a second striker that comes in and hits 15. You know, there needs to be something like that. So at this moment in time, I think Hearts are doing very well with what they've got, but there needs to be further improvement in, in the recruitment in January. And I think that... Oh, definitely. So, like, let's be honest, Nielsen's not sitting and he's not going to rest on his laurels and see that like, they, they, they don't need improvement. So I'd expect some, th- someone to come in. Um, and I've been a long-time advocate of um, Louis Moult, sorry, uh, for Hearts. I, I just, I've, I've always thought, but um, what was it? Iona asked me on Saturday, you know, what strikers do you think would come in and improve Hearts? And honestly, I said, Hearts could do worse than signing Cummins. There's been a big debate about Tony Watt today on Twitter. Well, he's yeah, he's been banging uh,
2: him in, but I think, as you said, we need to improve in January because you've got the group stages of the Champions League coming up in what August, September next year, so we need to start thinking about that.
1: It's a lot in progress. They were genuine, genuine tweets, are floating about, but there they are like same points as Dundee United. Eh? Um, okay, um, but I think you know, he to beat so. Yeah, we we said it. We said it at the start, you know how important Boyce was, and it, all it takes is one injury and see what what Hearts doing it, it does. I can't. You're know, bang on. It really feels like it's Boyce or no one right now. So all these these attacking players that they that they have brought in, your know, Mackays, your Mackay Stevens, um, Woodburns, Janellis, need to
0: start scoring goals. And, and the thing is, I think once once they do, then you are going to see. You know, Hearts go. So I mean, it's not. It's not like a of. You know, it will only just be boys that scores. I think that you will see Hearts. You know, kick on, and these guys will score. You know, Barry McKay, great chance at Ibrox, really should have taken it. Um, you know, McKay, Stephen missed a good one on Saturday there. I think that are uh, they're, they're in. Um, they're getting into these positions. They're making the chances, which you know, to coin an old cliche. Well, you'd rather be missing, making the chances and missing them than not making them at all. So, yeah, yeah I think I think going forward, Hearts definitely have enough about them, but it's just they definitely need someone to share the responsibility that is on the employees' shoulders. Yeah, no, definitely, Callum.
2: See that phrase that you just said there.
0: Which one? The one about making chances and
2: stuff. Yeah. Could you repeat that when we talk about Hibs? <laughs> wow, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Uh, no, there's, there's still no doubt. It's, it's still been a, a fantastic, you know, take, taking the fishing rod away. There's no doubt it's still been a fantastic start to, to the season. Um, and it could have been oh, could have been so much better. right, Ross, as you've alluded to there, you think there's a couple of draws in there that the heart should definitely have taken the maximum points for. But uh, it's St Johnston tomorrow night. A St Johnston team who have been Yeah, struggling. Yeah, struggling a little bit, you know. Only two wins this season. Um, Only scored six I don't don't
2: think Hearts have won the league there since about 2010.
1: Six goals in ten games that that St John's scored. It's, uh, It's the lowest in the league. So, I think, Ross, going up to... Going up to um, Mcdermott, I know you just alluded there a stat there that doesn't give you a lot of confidence,
2: but this a different Hearts team. Is certainly a different St Johnston team. No, I think I think aye, I think they've just got to go and with this team. The confidence they've got going forward, I, I don't think they worry about stats in the past. We went this season. We had that start from um, St Mirren where we had picked points up since twenty twelve. That got eradicated quite quickly enough. So I'm just hoping that. As a wee birthday treat, Hearts can go up tomorrow and get me three points for my birthday. That'll do me. Mm.
1: What do you think, You know, St Johnston always make it tough. I think. Um, I think. what's it, I think almost what's imperative is that Hearts get the first goal, Callum, As Hibbs have always been alluded to, certainly against St Johnston. If you fall behind to St Johnston, it is often quite difficult to, to turn that on its head. So, first goal is important in this game for me. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think St Johnston on on a great run just now. Let me. And scudded them three 0 the other week. I think that realistically, this is a game where Hearts need to look at. Obviously, I don't think they'll be at full strength with missing boys, but it's this is a massive opportunity for someone to step up and you know um, put and really to really like stake a claim. You know, go out there, get a goal, win the game. And a massive
1: game on Saturday, of course. I will ask you for your
0: your two thoughts. It will be a course of course
1: a prediction game, but Aberdeen away. I mean, that's a huge game if Hearts uh, go up there pick up three points what a three points that would be Um be interesting to see how Aberdeen bounce back after their first win against Ream, against Hibs obviously for so for so long get to, but a uh, huge game I,
0: two I, really I, tough actually for Hearts. Aberdeen are brutal. I'd be I'd, like I will I will be back in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. get a clean G the weekend though two
1: tough, you know two really tough away games for Harch um, and I think as we said at the very start of the podcast this season Away games and hearts in the Premier League have not always been um, a a match made in heaven. So, um, two massive away games, two if you know, if hearts came with six points here, what a statement that would be! Okay, on to Hibs then. And well, if ever in doubt, if you've got a hoodoo, if you want something to be broken, if you've not won a game in 10, if your striker's not scored in how long, just go and play Hibs, and all will be. uh, all will be fine. I just feel that that's ever since being a Hibs fan, Callum, it just always feels the same. Um There was no doubt. For I mean, I know I predicted otherwise, but I was not surprised in the
0: slightest that Hibs came away with absolutely nothing on Saturday afternoon. Um Abject, abject performance, and I mean that's that's me being polite, realistically, because yeah, it was. Dreadful. Um, I thought that perhaps um, I was lucky because my stream cut out halfway through the first half, so I missed uh, the Aberdeen goal the rest of the first half. But it kicked back on for the whole second half, and I watched forty-five minutes of a training game. You know, it was just embarrassing. I think. Um, I remember? I remember being a pre-season friendly um, at Blackpool in two thousand and eleven and Hibs didn't have a shot on target until the 67th minute 68th minute something like that and it was cheered ironically that day because it was like oh we've had a shot on target well done um the traveling thousand Hibbs fans couldn't even do that on Saturday because Hibbs couldn't muster a shot on target against one of the worst teams in the league Aberdeen the whole second half you know so you know what it's like at Easter Road when Hibbs go one 0 up and then just or like two one up or whatever and just drop deeper five yards every like three you know. That's what Aberdeen did. They were just encamped and Hibbs still couldn't muster a shot on target, anything. I think it was it was woeful. It was woeful. And I think, you know, a lot of people are looking at Jack Ross, and yeah, Jack Ross is He's the one that set the team up and put them out there and it's poor. But, I mean, the players have got to take a little bit of responsibility for that. It was absolutely dreadful. I think that, you know, if you look at this season, uh, Hibs have lost three on the bounce and the two players that haven't played in those defeats, so albeit Brian Poach has played for 30 minutes against Rangers, but Hibs are winning when he went off. Um, Poach has missed the last two games and Hibs have been dreadful Kyle McGuinness has missed the last three games and Hibs have been dreadful and it's just it's not good enough and it points back to the recruitment and but also just the fact that Hibs huff and puff their way through the game you know I've, you, you mentioned that you texted me the other day and you said you know what is Jack Ross's game plan what do Hibs set out to do you know, what, what is it that um, when you look at a Hibs team, you go, well, this is what they're going to do. We're going to push the fullbacks high. We're going to look to um, starve the opposition of possession. We're going to look to do this, 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 and this, whatever. For me, it is, it's almost like watching Barry Ferguson at Kelty. We're going to put 11 players on the park and hope for the best. And that is what you get from a Jack Ross Hibs team. And no one will be able to convince me otherwise because I can't see it. And I've been watching it for two years now. And I'll, I'll repeat what I said. Look, I would rather have a team creating and missing chances than not creating them at all. And there we go. To not have a shot on target is, oh, just honestly, it's... It feels,
1: like, Calum, it feels very similar to that kind of Christmas January spell um, 10 months like, ago. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But, you know, it's like deja it going around about sorry. It's just, nothing's changing. It's I mean, Ross, really.
1: well, I'm going to say something to you. I, I mean, I, I know you probably won't be surprised when I say this, but when you actually listen to this stat, <laughs> it's one win in seven games for Hibs. You know?
0: Just, is it? One, I, I, one in seven. It's, oh. you know, it's not much better. You know, one in six, one in seven. You know. Um, it's, yeah, I know, realise it, it was that bad. It's, it's shite, you know. Let's, he's, let's, a, he's a piss poor, eh? It's it's not been good enough, you know. Three defeats on the bounce. A resurgent Celtic tomorrow night. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to be watching that with my hands over my eyes because I think that <laughs> Celtic Celtic they have looked decent um, the last couple of weeks. I think they've picked up some good wins, and they're coming to the Road. Hibbs absolutely nothing confidence. them playing with confidence, they play with a little bit of swagger as well. I could see Hibbs getting pumped three or four nil tomorrow night. You going? Ah yes, my isolation period is up, so here we go. Mm. Yes, yeah, so one, one, one I think rather uh, stick it through
1: the
2: roof, mate, if, if that's the case.
1: One minute, one minute and six. Um, and I think, uh, I think you know, I think Calm's right, Ross. It feels a little bit right now that Hibs are relying on just individual. Right now, anyway, it just looks like Hibs are just relying on an individual player just coming up out, out, out of the out the blue and and, and grabbing the scuff of the net themselves and winning the game. It, it feels like that. And I'm sure, but I do have and I'm kind of caught between, between two here. Yeah, I still struggle to see what maybe Jack Ross's game plan is, what his set what his, what his philosophy is over, you know, in the last two years. However, there's no doubt, you know, this is the first time Heads and out the top four in, in 18 months or so.
0: But I mean, you don't get it for that. You don't get anything for that. It means the square root of Jack shit. Who cares if you're in the top four for 18 months? You get nothing for it. It doesn't matter. It's like yes, like, what trophy is there on on the display cabinet at Easter Road for that achievement? Eighteen months in the top four. Get the where was the parade? Where was the parade?
2: As the listeners will find out, my team is the only unbeaten team in the league. <laughs> yes, it's not. It is. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. uh, it's. Uh- <laughs> It's a, it's a tough watch, a tough watch just now, and I think yeah, tomorrow night Celtic look under look like they've turned the corner. I know there's been a couple of times we've thought that this season, but it's starting to look that way, and now they've got uh, some of their some of their big players now back fit. It's uh, not too confident for tomorrow night, and then I'm looking ahead to the weekend, Ross uh, Ross County yet to win a game this season. They've got Hibs on Saturday, I know they've got Dundee tomorrow, so they could easily win tomorrow night, but Ross County. Could potentially be winless uh, going into this weekend against Hibbs, and there could be another hoodoo potentially. No, I was just to
2: to say that aye. <laughs> I just say, You just say yourself up for that one oh <laughs> yeah. Oh Ross County you know what? Nah, no here we go. I think it's, oh, um, tight. I, I expect you to beat them.
0: You look at sure. next You've got Celtic on right. the You've got Ross County away on Saturday. The following Saturday is Livingston away. Uh, then it's the international break. Then it is the League Cup semi-final at in against Rangers, and you're looking at that run of fixtures. You know, if that is no wins, then Jack Ross will receive his P forty-five before Christmas.
1: Yeah, I mean, Calm, it's three away League games in a row for Hibs. <laughs> it's quite a quite a run, and then it's Rangers again on the first of December at home. It's not an easy. It's not an easy an easy run for Hibs. Um,
2: well, think Hibs fans will do as much campaigning for Jack Ross out as he did for David
0: Tanner. <laughs> 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 but I think there's already been more or more people wanting Jack Ross out than David Tanner out. That's I tell you. Um, I like this is the point Don't that we um the we we spoke at the start of the season about how Robbie Nielsen needed a few results because Hearts fans were very close to turning on him and if they didn't get the results then he'd have been hounded out because, you know, you still saw the the stickers up all over um, the city. So, I think you look at that and the way Nielsen started the season, you're not hearing anything about that. Jack Ross skated by um, losing a cup final with absolutely no fight, no desire, nothing and got rewarded with a, what was it, two, three-year deal in the summer and... There were so many fans that wanted him out after that. And he's carried that form on into this season where Hibs have not looked as dominating as they should. So he is very, very... Like, like I say, the next four games, if, if Hibbs don't have a couple of wins, he won't see December.
1: A bit conflicted. I think uh, he hasn't been backed for me. Uh, I think
0: he, he, be, yep. yeah. he yes, has... Graham, Graham Matthews, screw them.
1: Yeah, he has been. He has been. it uh, has been let down in that department. So, yeah. Um. I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, we'll leave it there. Um. I, I still think, come January, I think and he's backed big time uh, in January. Okay. Let's uh. Let's get to predictions then. Yes. Yeah. We'll put on the Table. I would imagine You'll still be top. Uh,
0: um, yeah. Um. Unfortunately, the adjudicator has been. In hospital, having his gallbladder removed, so we wish him all the best. Uh, so yeah, he will be he will be fine. Um, and make sure he gets my correct score for the uni up when the league's yeah. back. Oh um, yes, um, he, he he makes sure that they're all correct. Okay, Thank let's you.
2: get let's start. Uh,
1: Callum, uh, okay.
0: um, you want to go for it? Sorry, are oh, you go, right. Callum? Um, right. So Aberdeen v Hearts, buyers two one Hearts. Still one one. 2-0, hearts. Um, Ross County, Hibs, Byers. 2-2, Braisman.
2: 2-1.
0: 2-1. I'm going to say exactly the same, Stobes. Bonnerig, Rose v Civil, Byers. 4-2, Bonnerig. Oh, goals. Stobes. 2-1, Bonnerig. I am going 3-2, Civil. I knew
2: it. <laughs> I
0: absolutely
2: knew it. <laughs> Barrett, Barnes v Braves, Byers.
0: Spartans 3-1 uh, I'll go I'll go 2-0 to Spartans I will go 3-0 Spartans and finishing with Uni versus EK Bayern EK 3-0 win it's not going to be a 3-0 draw is it? Right. Um, I'll,
1: go, uh, I'll go 3-0 EK as well
0: I will go 4-1 um, <laughs> East bright <Hope> Uni <laughs> OK
1: Uh, thank you for listening. It was nice for all three of us to be back. Hope you enjoyed it. Get your predictions in Saturday so you've got a little bit more extra time. Uh, Thank you for listening. That was the Ember Up Football Podcast.